I be house money, I don't know what they be all. Grind on my day off. Want diamonds in the range, now don't settle for the playoffs. Going for the chip. All them hoes at the mess, try to rip the gate off. Joy, try to stay off. Tell her to take the shoes off, make sure to stay off. Fuck nigga, way off. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast, Season 2, Episode 45. It's your host, Julian, my co-host alongside me, Justin. What's going on tonight, man? Chilling, watching this surprisingly game between the Giants and the Patriots. Who would have thought at halftime? What is it, 14-14? Yeah, and uh, we... 21-14. We got a defensive score from the Giants. We got a special team score from the Patriots. Um, You know, I, I was... It's funny. We record the podcast on Thursdays, and... I came home from work. I fell asleep. I woke up at about nine o'clock, thinking it was Monday or excuse me, Friday, ready for work. And I'm like looking through my phone. I see Justin's like, "Yo, I'm outside. Where you at?" I'm like, "Oh shoot!" So I thought I missed the game, but I woke up right before halftime. Got to see Daniel Jones throw a dime to uh, Golden Tate. He's looking good. Daniel Jones got an arm. He can throw. He can make the throws. Um, and he scored the first passing touchdown. On the Patriots all season. Yeah. Like six. And obviously the Patriots do have the best defense in the league at this point. Their run defense is solid. I don't think they've had a runner who'll go over like 75 yards on them. Really? Yeah. Their, their defense is playing top notch right now. The only thing I would argue of them being top is who they've played. I, you can argue that. But then again, when you say they're top, it's like, they haven't let up a touchdown all season type. You know what I mean? So, if they're not really playing anybody, then they shouldn't let up any touchdowns. And that's what they did up until today. No, yeah, you definitely can't fault them for doing their job. But six weeks, you know, you, you're going to expect somebody to get in there. The Chicago's defense above them is for the fact that Chicago's defense can single-handedly win them the game. Yeah. I've seen that when they play Washington. I mean, the defense had, like, what, like three touchdowns? So, are we going to blame last Sunday uh, on the travel or the Raiders are just playing uh, good football. What was that? I mean, this is the NFL. You can't take anything away from any team. I mean, obviously, no team is going to go undefeated. Nobody's perfect besides the 72 Dolphins. I do think we have to give credit to Oakland, though. I mean, they, oh, no. they came out. They ran Indianapolis out of the building, you know, two weeks ago. And then they go last week, and they beat the Bears, you know, out the country, obviously. They're, you know, you can blame it on travel time. You can blame it on, you know, we're in Wembley Stadium. Whatever the case is, Chicago didn't come out to play like the Raiders did, just like the Colts didn't come out to play like the Raiders did. And these are two road games. You know, obviously the Raiders were technically at home. This counted for one of their home games, but they were on the road. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 but, hey, look, they took advantage. They won. They were able to win on the road the week before. And, and Oakland's going into next week, you know, confident. And now – you look at a team like Indianapolis, who I think we should get into for a little bit. Um, they beat the Chiefs. They held Patrick Mahomes to 22 minutes on the field and 13 points, the fewest in his career. I, I saw that stat, and I was surprised. 26 points is the lowest he's ever scored in his career. And that's and also ended the streak of 25 points or more. 
Right, for the Chiefs in general, yeah. And I mean... He's never had one touchdown. That was like his fewest in the game. And just super surprising. You know, I, I was expecting the Colts to – w- as a Colts fan, yeah, of course, I was expecting them to win. And, um, you know, I did have doubts when Patrick Mahomes was doing all this Superman stuff and he went around and threw that one pass to the rookie. You know, I'm like, all right, this is going to be a long game. We don't have Malik Hooker back there. You know, Kenny Moore got banged up. Clayton Gathers wasn't back there. Darius Leonard's not in the middle of the field to create any type of havoc. But we rushed four. We dropped seven. We got pressure all night. Their offensive line could not withstand, you know, guys like Danico Autry, Justin Houston. Uh, shout out to Kamoko Ture, who broke his ankle like Gordon Hayward style during the game. One of our better pass rushers up and coming. Shout out Justin Houston for making the return back to Kansas City. In his words, this is my shit. And he's talking about Arrowhead. You know, he, he made his career, his whole living, all his paychecks for Arrowhead Stadium, you know, holding it down when they had Tamba Ali, Holly, when they used to have, you know, uh, Derek Johnson. They had, uh, Eric Berry was doing stuff over there. Sean Smith. Wow. It was, you know, Alex Smith those days. You know, he's he's been there. And the fact that they kind of just let him walk as if he doesn't have any type of, you know, history there or anything like that, you know, he took that to heart. And he came to play. That's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to talk your trash. You're not supposed to come back and just try to be the loudest on the field. What you're supposed to do is make your game stand out. And um, pregame, you know, he hyped the guys up. He was telling them, you know, they got one guy over there, right? We got a whole team ready to beat this team. And uh, it's going to take a lot more to beat us than one guy. Um, So everybody was fired up about that. Patrick Mahomes, you know, he was doing his thing in the first half. But we really just just held him him and contained him. We let them get that that quick 10 points in the first half. And then, you know, when time came to really, really show who the better team was, I think the Colts did that. You know, they ran the ball all night long. Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly – Anthony Catanzo getting pushes off the line. Shout out to Braden Smith as well. Even Mark Lewis. We'll give the whole starting five a shout out. But Marlon Mack, 132 carries. And, you know, you can't expect less when every time they hike the ball, it's going, you know, three yards. You're pushing these guys off the line three yards. You know, the Chiefs started dealing with some injuries. D Ford ended up, or excuse me, Frank Clark ended up getting kind of hurt. Um, Chris Jones got banged up. And uh, also their linebacker forget his name he had a groin injury so you know they were banged up just like we were it's football there's no time for those excuses we had you know second string linebackers second string safeties second string third string corners in the game and shout out to George Odom who's really stepping up for the Colts and making a name for himself um as a tough-minded safety you know who's willing to make the extra play and, and, and go the extra mile so really big win for the Colts Uh, And this conversation stems off of, you know, we were talking about the London game with the Bears and the Raiders um, because this is the same team that got blown out of the gym by the Raiders and then come and and, and beat, you know, Kansas City this way. So just impressive showing, you know, who's who and and, um, how this NFL season is going. You know, you think you got the best defense in the league and one of the worst offenses without their star receiver that started the season with them isn't even there. And then, you know, you get – that same team beats the Colts, who the Colts are looking like they have the best offensive line, and, and they got beat up all day. And, and um, you know, they held the Chiefs about 40 yards rushing, 
and, and Josh Jacobs ran all day over them, but you go and beat the Chiefs. So it's like, you know, you can't be sure. You can't be sure. Every game is, is its own week. Um, you know, every every game has its – No, that's that's definitely true. When you got when you can hold the ball for thirty seven minutes and um, kind of just manage the way this game's going to be played, keep you know Mahomes off the field. Uh, fortunately for the Colts, it it sucks to say, but Patrick Mahomes was a little banged up. He got he got an ankle injury on a sack, and then again uh, we backed his offensive lineman up into his own into his own self friendly fire. Uh, but he walked out of that game super injured. You know that ankle was not comfortable at all, and. Um, Obviously, that played a big factor in in how this Colts team was able to, you know, play man coverage. Um, but we're not going to sit here and make excuses. You know, like I said, Malik Hooker was out, Darius Leonard was out. There's no Andrew Luck, you know, for the rematch of the playoffs last year. None of that matters. We were able to run the ball consistently all night down the middle, up the middle. Um, Marlon Mack is showing that he's a top five running back in the league this season. He's lead, he's top five with stats. Um, you know, I don't see why you would put, you know, another running back in front of him as far as what he's doing. You know, he's patient. He has the patience. He can hit the hole. He can make the cuts. He's hard to break down on the first tackle. And it, and it looks like, the, you know, these top other running backs in the league. So we can't just downplay him because he does have a good offensive line. You know, when, when uh, you know, running backs like Zeke Elliott have – quote unquote the best offensive line and have the career year, you know, it's like, you know, Zeke, Zeke, Zeke. But just in this case, Marlon Mack should get, you know, some some big credit here because what he's doing as far as waiting for the holes to develop and then hitting the holes and being explosive and making those plays, it's it's more than just, you know, the offensive line getting pushed. Um but moving forward, as we're watching this Patriots Giants game, by the way, Stephon Gilmore gets an interception, and this is how you lose to the Patriots on the road in Foxborough. You know, too many turnovers. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Um, let's get into the uh, toilet bowl this week. We got Washington on the road facing the Miami Dolphins. What are some things you're expecting to see uh, in the uh, toilet bowl 2019? It's the funny thing about this game. Mm, Dan, you just made me think about that. Yeah, like, <laughs> the funny thing about this game is, like, I still have to say Redskins easily win this game because Redskins just have more talent. And right now, and I can't say that, you know, it's going to come down to coaching because I don't think Brian Flores' coaching ability has been displayed as of yet. And we don't know what we're going to see from Redskins' intern coach. So, in the position that both teams are in, I would have to give the edge to the Redskins just off talent alone. And is Dwayne Haskins coming into this week as a starting quarterback? This I would expect so. No, Colton Cross. 
what are we doing, Washington? I understand, you know, you're going through a coaching. I feel like at this point in time, with, with everything up in the air, don't why throw them in there? Because you really don't know which direction you're going yet. I mean, like I said, you just fired your coach in the middle of the season. I mean, you don't know if this is going to be your coach going into the next season. You don't know That's true. what staff you're going to have. So there's no point in getting them acclimated to – you know, I mean, we've seen it with Alex Smith for years. Alex Smith had a different offensive coordinator for seven years straight, mm-hmm. and people called him trash. But he wasn't trash. It's just when you when you, when you change the curriculum mm-hmm. every year, and you have other teams that know exactly what they're doing, it makes it hard. Yeah. So I don't think there's any reason to get an acclimated to one thing this year and then change it up next year. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. Um, Plus, I think he already shot his confidence by throwing him in. What do you have? Four interceptions, three interceptions, or something like that. But not only that, but you threw into the game not preparing him for game status. I mean, that's I'm true. Pretty sure he had no idea that he was gonna play. He didn't think he was gonna play, and then prepare him to play. Yeah, but that goes back to to Jay Gruden and the reason he's not in Washington anymore. Oh no, for sure. You know, and now you know this coach has to realize what you know Jay did wrong. He has to realize what he has in Dwayne Haskins, and I mean. They're like what? They have, did they have a bye week? I don't know. They're oh, and put it this way: they have won a game. Yeah. No, they haven't had their bye week yet. I mean, yeah. So they're not gonna make the playoffs. They're gonna be top ten, top five draft picks. Top five for sure. There's I think they'll be the number three, top three. Yeah, there's no reason. So yeah, I agree. It's just, it's just one year anyway. It's just one year. Because you know the. Like you said, they're not going anywhere. The season's dead. I think the experience might help a little bit. Uh, maybe you throw him in there week 16, right? Maybe week 16 and 17, he can go I mean, maybe yeah, finish like the season. Exactly. Kind of just let him get some starts. Have have the feeling of, you know, you can go into a game preparing as the starter. Get those, you know, first starter jitters out. Yeah, but I I think I think that goes to Jay Gruden and how him and the front office didn't agree as far as wanting Dwayne Haskins. You know, obviously Jay Gruden wasn't a big fan of his. We, we've seen this before, like, and that's the thing where I, I think Washington teams like the Redskins, teams like um, the Dolphins, they rough from the head down, and that's mm-hmm. the reason why we haven't really been successful because of the ownership in the front office. Yeah, but I think this helps. That was, um, was it Shanahan? Yeah, thank you. Okay, yeah, so Shanahan was a coach, and he wanted Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> but Snyder was so in love with RG3, and he was just so ooh and ah that he had to trade up to the second pick but to get RG3. think about it. not the quarterback that his coach Right, wanted. right. Now, and this. the same thing happened this year. They actually, I heard that they wanted David Jones. And then, but they just wow. sat back. I mean, I'd be happy with Haskins. And and regardless, it's, it's nothing to do with my opinion. It's what I think this does for Haskins is, is kind of boost his confidence a little bit from where it was a few weeks ago, knowing that, all right, look, the team is rocking with me. The team is excited to have me. The GM, the owner, they're the ones who drafted me. The coach didn't draft me. Now, if, they, if the coach was the one who drafted him and they wouldn't fire the coach and the front office didn't agree with it, then, you know, you're kind of playing for your career right now in Washington next time you go out there. But the fact that the front office wanted you and the coach 
didn't. They got rid of him. They obviously see that, listen, we do have a future. And, um, you know, don't feel like that because of how Jay Gruden made you feel. Jay Gruden's gone. Which he has. Which he has. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting because you have, like we said, you have the owner, which is head over heels for him and wants him to be the franchise guy. But then, like how we just seen it, so if you have the owner who loves him and then you have a coach, which who knows? I mean, who knows how they're going to deal with the coaching situation because I feel like whoever... Tomlin? Because I feel like whoever goes in for the coaching situation, they have to understand that... They're not going to, like, it's either they're not going to get their guy and they're going to have to make Haskins work, or you have to find a guy who, like, loves Haskins, like how Cliff Kingberry loves Kyle Murray. Right, but then again, I don't think the quarterback, I don't think the coach goes, obviously, you know, a coach is going to want the next position available in a sense. However, you know, they're going to go into the position looking at it like, you know, Dwayne Haskins, like, you got to look at this like we got our guy, you know, and, and Washington believes this is their guy, and I'm going to come in here and step in and think this is our guy. You can't come in here and think, all right, we're going to have to start over again because, first of all, how hard is it to sit there and draft a quarterback that, that's, you know, top five possibly coming out of college? It's a tough position. What, are you going to go and draft and waste another pick on a quarterback this year? You can't do that. You got to get the best available. That's true. Now – are we? Jesus. So if they get the number one pick, do they take Tua? You know what I mean? Like, and and it's it's pos no, it's a possibility. It's well, they they won't because, like I said, with them, it's the owner that's making the right, decision, right, not the coach, right. So with Arizona, they brought in a new head coach, and but they brought in a new head coach that was very influential. So who knows but if? They also were like, so, okay, so if they hire Mike Tomlin from Pittsburgh, right? Mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin's like, listen, Dan, it's not the guy. I've, I've, I've played with Ben. I've won two Super Bowls. This is not the guy. Like, who knows? You know what I mean? No, he's not, no, he's not getting the job. He's not getting the job. It's not about giving up the job. It's about influencing the front office. No, what I'm saying is if that's the case, Mike Tomlin. They're not, he's not Mike getting Tomlin the coach. Yeah, you're sitting down with Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder's going to straight up tell you. But then again, how? Because Cliff Kingsbury came in and influenced the Cardinals to, to kind of just, listen, you guys screwed up with that pick last year, which in in other, you know, they didn't screw up. And I'm sure he didn't say they screwed up. It was more of, you know, hey, Kyler Murray, I fucking coached this guy in high school. You know what I mean? Like, or I remember him from high school, whatever, whatever. But it's just crazy. And But they were, they were on shaky footing. They're not really more built like the Redskins are. Like the Redskins, especially on the defense side of the ball. Right, they're, they're solid. They're, they're established. Well, it's I don't know if we can say offensively they have anything because that left tackle, as we said, is is not there and he won't be there. And we'll, let's talk about it in a second. But you know, no, yeah, they're pretty much built with defense, yeah. with um, their rest of the offensive line is not good. Their Bottom. starting running back is Adrian Peterson, and then their wide receiver they missed on Josh Doxson from TCU. 
they're 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 very thin, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. And Dwayne Haskins doesn't have anything to do when he gets the chance, you know. So that's another reason why it's hard to throw him out there with a team like this. You know, Rosen's going through it again, and you know, honestly, he needs to be in there because he's a good kid and and good quarterback. Thrower of the football. I feel like Josh Rosen's got the Daniel Jones type of vibe. Like, nobody really likes his image. Nobody wants to deal with it. But the kid can throw. The kid can play. We watched that draft together, and I, I still stand by what I said back then, that Josh, Jones, I mean Josh uh, Rosen is the best quarterback coming out of that draft class. I'm going to argue that Lamar Jackson is, but... Coming out, I can see the I can see what you're saying. Now it's funny if we're gonna well real quick before we get into jo- that quarterback draft class because we're kind of free flowing here. Um, let's talk about Dan Snyder and his decision to just keep Trent Williams on this holdout basis when he doesn't want to be there clearly, and he's saying that now he'll trade him after the season in January. So if if we're gonna talk about issues going on in Washington. Come on, Justin. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because your value is going down as the years go. Because, first of all, he's just getting older. One, he's getting older on the bench. Two, he's a top 10, quote-unquote, left tackle in the league. When having a top eight uh, you know, left tackle is, is really big in this league for somebody to protect your, your guy. First of all, he doesn't want to be there. He's expressed that. So, to force him to try to play with you guys is like, come on. Now, two. Right. Well, going into training camp, it was like, you know, is he going to show up? Are we going to do – nothing happened. He said he doesn't want to be there. And uh, the team is like, well, we're not – you can hold out. We're not going to trade you. And now at the press conference where Jay Gruden gets fired, they ask him about Trent Williams, and he just says, you know, well, he's on the team right now. We're going to trade him in Jan- – well, we'll probably trade him in January. But it's just like why not trade him now for some value, knowing that you're going to go into a big draft, knowing that he's, you know, a top left tackle in the league. Right. Like you can wait and have more suitors and, and have more right. and then what you're trading him for. It's just hard to compare twenty four twenty or twenty six year old Anthony Davis to freaking, you know, thirty two year old Trent Williams who right now, right now for these playoffs, he can really make an impact on a team. And the team might feel desperate enough to, to go ahead and do it. Yeah, I mean maybe that's the thing though. Maybe nobody's cause what isn't the deadline this week? Next week, eight week eight. Uh, so next week or two weeks. You got two more weeks. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Maybe I mean, obviously, I think that if somebody's desperate enough. I think somebody will. But the thing is, all all the teams that are, I would say, making a push for the playoffs and making a push for the Super Bowl, I think that their offensive lines are set. Teams like. Chiefs, te- teams like Cowboys, teams like you know the Saints. I think teams that are 
trying to make that push or trying to push further already set at the line and they don't want to give up any of their other pieces or draft capital. Mm-hmm. Like that. No, I hear that. But they also know that the value is going down next year and they can probably offer less for them next year. So it's like I see both sides, you know, as far as um Listen, Redskins, you guys got a, a long off season. You guys are going to have to pull some things together cuz unlike the Dolphins, you know, you're not going to you don't have the draft capital. You don't have that financial stability. And, uh, you know. You've just seen the biggest difference between Gaskowski and Mike Nugent is Gaskowski would have made that field goal and put them up 24-14. But now, with a missed field goal, it is still 21-14. And I think, Doink. Yeah, that's you know what's funny? After, like, we're watching the game. So, when Brady threw that pass to Edelman, I said, if they get him to fourth down, can Nugent hit this field goal? I swear to God, I said it in my head. And then you looked at me and did that. That was funny. So, that's a big. Okay, so he's not the best kicker in the league ever. It is Vinatieri. And, yeah, though, it, it will because who has the most points in NFL history? Most points? Vinatieri has been playing the longest. Right. We're talking about numbers and efficiency. So when, when, when Gostowski gets to his 41st birthday and is still playing in the NFL, let's see that efficiency rate. And I don't blame, you know, what you're saying, I don't, I don't blame what you're saying, but every dog has their day, and every 41-year-old man slash kicker is going to have their weeks. So we're dealing with Vinatieri because of, you know, his, his tenure, you know, we respect him. And he's still hitting kicks. Like, ever since week three, week two, week three, he's been hitting, and, and it's been on point. So – <laughs> we. This is the only time I give praise. Man, I'm telling you, we had Michael Badgley out of Miami. He went to the Chargers. He was on our practice squad, and we felt, you know, we still got Vinny a couple more years. So we just cut him, and um, hate to see him go. But I would love a young kicker right now. Uh, that, but then again, that confidence level thing is a huge, huge deal. You know, you get to the playoffs. Obviously, he, he kind of cost us partial part of the game versus the Chiefs in the playoffs last year. No, but it really means it really means a lot, and it bothers him when he misses the kicks and 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 when it's on him. Like he still doesn't like to lose, so. So let's let's look into a couple games coming up next week or this this week, because um, there's a few. And and I'll just start here, because you and Pierce were playing Madden last night, and it kind of. It's kind of similar matchup right here. You know, the the NFC West division leading San Francisco 49ers, right? NFC West leading San Francisco 49ers going into week six, right? Going into week six. Where you have, where you have, mm-hmm. 
Four and one Seattle, three and two Los Angeles. San Francisco on the road versus Los Angeles. This is a big game. If San Francisco can go into Los Angeles six and zero oh, and win the game against a solid offense who's going to put up points, we know this, um, and, a, and a and a pretty decent defense. Um, a questionable defense as of late. That's true. Yeah, that was. Granted, Jameis Winston's playing pretty good. They put up 24 on, um, well, 24 is not the biggest, but they did score upon the Saints a, a few times on the road. Now, Jameis Winston's having one of his better years of the career with Bruce Arians. We saw this coming. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are topping the league right now in receiving. And um, Mike Evans on my favorite shout out to you. Shout out to Chris Godwin. He's on my team. And um, I, I figured he'd have a pretty decent year. He's a good receiver. The offense never hit. You know, Dirk Cutter and Cutter. We got Bruce. They got Bruce Arians down there, and we knew he's the quarterback guru. We knew he was gonna put. See, I feel like a lot. Of, I was talking about this to to a dude at my job today because he's a Jets fan, and uh, I, I tried to warn him. I tried to warn him. He's being optimistic. I tried to warn him about what he's gonna get with Adam Gates, but oh boy, we way too easily try to give coaches or whatever the quarterback guru title. There's very few. Yeah, I mean. Adam Gase, I, I've never agreed with that. I've never felt like he's a quarterback guru. Bruce Arians has the stat to prove that. You know what I mean? Like, he has it. And um, you, you saw what he did with Andrew Luck. But um, For sure. So, going back. He rejuvenated Carson Palmer. Going back, going back, going back. Uh, I don't know if he's going to rejuvenate him. No. In a sense of, in a sense of, I don't think he's been juvenated at all. <laughs> I think he's gonna bring it out of him. You know, we haven't seen Jameis really do anything since FSU, and uh, it's been a dumpster show. Sad to say, since uh, Tampa Bay, he's had the most turnovers in the league since he's come in the league. And we talk about Mariota not coming into form, and, and is this his year decision? But. Jameis Winston kind of got to that point as well this year. Thankfully, he has a good receiving core, a good tight end, and um, a great, you know, offensive-minded head coach to help him. But, like I said, back to San Francisco, Los Angeles, 4 o'clock in Los Angeles. You know, I'm going to go. Jimmy G and the Niners are taking this game. It's a statement game. If they can go 5-0 and going into Week 7, if they can go 5-0 and going into Week 7, knowing that they have a two-game lead, because put it like this, Cleveland plays Seattle at home, and it's a big game for Cleveland because if they go three and three and flip their season to go next week, you know, under 500, that's a big time. You know, you're going to be looking at Freddie Kitchen's job security pretty soon. As far as is this the right guy? Did we choose the right guy for this? Because we got this great team. No, 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 no. It's not about that. It's not about playing out the season. It's about going forward because you have Baker Mayfield. You got Odell Beckham. You got Jarvis Landry. You got the, the dream you needed. And, yeah, you guys gave this to an inexperienced head coach. And, you know, granted, I like the guy. He's a good coach. I think he's a good defensive-minded coach. With their defense being injured the way they are, it's not helping. And their offense can't figure it out, get in the end zone. Baker Mayfield can't make the reads. Well, you know why he's got the head coaching job. Because he's a Baker Mayfield guy. Yeah, but, hey, Baker Mayfield needs a quarterback guy. You know, and and uh, at this point, well, the way that he was, and it and it opened up. It opened up from. Right. But are we seeing? But 
Right, but are we seeing, uh, you know, Freddie Kitchen's limits? Was it like last year was like, okay, he's the offensive coordinator now and interim coach. There's a, there's a big jump from, from coordinator to coach. You know, you're actually running. A lot of coaches. For example, Rex Ryan cannot coach, head coach a lick of football. But you know that <laughs> Rex Ryan is my defensive coordinator? What? For sure. For sure. Yeah, no, definitely agree with that. So, um, it's it's as I was mentioning, it's just a big game for you know San Francisco. They're gonna have a chance to really look like one of the best teams in the league. You got to put them top three in the league if they win this game versus the Rams. Rams are at home, right? Yeah. But not just not just because they're home. They are on a two game skid. They are the defending NFC championships. Um, yeah, they they know they cannot go on a three game skid, especially because them going on a three game skid. Puts them in third place, which they already are, but it's a solid third place. Puts them in third place, having lost to uh, Seahawks, and then you would lose to another divisional opponent in the in the back to back weeks, yeah, and and weeks. and now you're you're down what three games, you know, like it, it, and we're getting to the mid season, so they know how big it is. I do agree, you know, the Rams are going to come out with with the fire and the understanding of listen, we we should be the honchos of the NFC. Right. Yeah. 49ers are a very sound football team. Mm-hmm. But I just think the desperation is what takes the Rams over the top to win this game. Hear you, hear you. Um, like I said, that, that Seattle-Cleveland game is going to be big, too, because if the 49ers come out of here with a win and um, Cleveland comes out of there with a win, they're just going to be padding that lead in the yeah, NFC West. Cleveland is at home. It's a one o'clock game. It's going to be tough. Russell Wilson is is uh, one of the MVP candidates of the year. He's got. As far as Cleveland. And then the thing is, exactly. This is this is Russell Wilson. You know they're going to be playing one of the. You can call him the best quarterback in the league. You can call him one of the best quarterbacks in the league. However you want to put it, he's definitely top three, top top two. You know, like he's and, and he's probably you know he's top two. Um, for sure. And he's gonna come in and be able to pick this defense apart. And their defensive backs are injured. He knows, you know, what he can take advantage of. He knows that. I feel like Russell Wilson is that type of player too, where he plays that that game versus a good team or so, and then he'll come out next week knowing like, listen, we just did this to you know the Rams. We're not worried about this, and he's that confident type of guy that he's going to get all his guys going. He's the type of guy that makes all his guys better, and and being on the road isn't like a big deal for the Seahawks. It's not like they play substantially worse when they're on the road. So I don't think it's a big deal that they're going to the dog pound. The dog pound hasn't really been able to make their name for themselves, especially coming out of 2019, getting blown out by the Tennessee Titans. And the Tennessee Titans have shown us that they're the same Tennessee Titans of the last four years. So I don't want to hear nothing about this Baker Mayfield. I don't want to hear nothing about Odell Beckham. I don't want to hear anything about Jarvis Landry. Um, you know, until Freddie Kitchens gets it together, gets his guys to kind of, you know, tr- 
truly buy into what he's selling because there's there's a discord at one point and and they haven't figured it out john dorsey's probably you know sweating right now uh because he's got to make big decisions if they go in and, and lose you know two out of the next three or something like that uh you know you might love the guy freddie kitchens he's a nice guy he's a great guy the guys like him but especially you got to win games Yeah, and, and as, as weeks go on, you know, we're starting to see, you know, maybe Lamar Jackson wasn't all cracked up, to, you know, all was cracked up to be as far as the passing game. I mean, it's definitely put it this way, it's definitely not as bad as we thought it would be going to this his sophomore year. Right? No, no, for sure. But it, but it's, yeah, but it's not as good as we thought it would be either. Yeah, yeah. So now. Another game that we have here uh, that's kind of just – first of all, what what I'm looking at the schedule across the board and what stands out is Atlanta is 1-4, and four, right? And they're going on the road to Kyler Murray's house, and I don't think that they're going to go and struggle there, and I think they pull out the win. And this is not a game that I really care to talk about, but we're pointing out the fact that 1-4. I disagree. I don't think they pull out the win. Wow. So – Wow. If Atlanta goes one and five, Dan Quinn's got to fucking go. Get get out. Get your shit. Get out. Matt Ryan, you're next. I mean You're next. I'm just saying, you're next. I mean, it's just insane. This team is not winning the Super Bowl. This team has had since losing that Super Bowl. Like, I understand the fish rocks from the head down, but it's been this is what, the third season after yeah, man. the fact? Yep. And the talent level on the team is this is what's astounding to me. What they still have Devontae Freeman, they still have Julio Jones, Sanu, Calvin Ridley, Hooper, and their O line. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, granted, last year they had to do the uh, injuries, and I get it. But the year after the Super Bowl, and then not last year, but even this year, one in five. Like, really, we're questioning if you guys are going to beat Kyler Murray. And the only injury you have is what Keanu Neal. Yeah. So you know, make a play. Somebody make a play. Somebody make like. They say he's healthy, but who really knows? When is he healthy? But no, I agree. No, yeah, I think it starts with obviously it starts with Darren Quinn, and then the next is uh, yo Matty Ice. Uh, what's MVP twenty sixteen uh, MVP right? Yeah, what's really good? He's trash. I don't like Matt Ryan at all. But um, this ain't about him. The next game I really wanted to talk about that was interesting to me. I don't know if you had one specifically, but Jacksonville at home versus New Orleans. Is it, is it Jacksonville? Yeah. Oh, yeah Minshew Mania. So what they're doing, Jacksonville, for this game, they're selling tickets for this game and next week's game versus the Jets, and it's going to come with uh, like a, a mustache and a headband for that Minshew Mania. But uh, they're going to they're gonna exactly get it wise hot, make the fans come. Pack out the stadium. You know, you know what else? It's also smart because they're selling them a garden Minshew. They're like, hey, look at all the stuff over here. We got garden Minshew. Don't look over here. With, don't look at what Jalen's doing. Serious. Don't, don't, don't look Serious. Don't put out the door. Let's look, let's look at the new. Rico. Let's, yeah, let's look at garden Minshew. The new and shiny, right? Um, and you know what's depressing? Mm. Somewhat. Not for us, really, but if you think about it, somewhere Nick Foles is just sitting on his couch. Like, God damn it. 
Somewhere Nick Foles' wife is sitting on the couch. Like, I mean, Minshew's being, you know, he's got a 101 passer rating, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. He's throwing 250 yards a game, 62% completion percentage. So coming into the season, Jacksonville has had all the quarterback worries in the world. Um, And for the last few years, they've had nightmare at quarterback. They finally get their guy this year. And how coincidental that the same time that they find their guy, he gets hurt in the first game and their backup is is looking like the guy they actually really needed and had the whole time. Like they went out and drafted Minshew and we knew he was a good quarterback. You know, at Washington he put up historic numbers and um, you know, his his character, he's a he's a he's a really cool guy, you know. Did you hear the story about Minshew where he um he was in college, right? And he wasn't starting yet. He wanted to earn more eligibility to play. So he took a hammer to his hand, started hitting his hand to break his hand. And he couldn't break his hand. So he had to tell the coach that he, like, slammed it in a car door or something like that. But it's just, like, that that toughness in his mind that's showing every Sunday now where he's, you know, able to make plays and be able to um, to uh, basically bring these Jacksonville Jaguars to a 2-3 and three record, which nobody would have expected being as though Nick Foles is out. And this is the reason that you guys haven't won, you know, in past years. Right, and and what I'm liking is this guy, DJ Chark. Coincidentally enough, that throw that Nick Foles got hurt on was a touchdown bomb, beauty, dime to DJ Chark. Um, I don't know if Nick Foles would have been struggling so much this season. I know that, obviously, Jacksonville, we're not going to look at them as a top playoff team or, you know, the team to beat, obviously, with all this Jalen Ramsey shit going on, but... We we weren't expect like I wasn't expecting a two and three season if their rookie quarterback had to come in and back up you know Baker Mayfield or excuse me um, Nick Foles especially with New Orleans coming to town I wouldn't be thinking about talking about Jacksonville like hey they can pull this one out obviously if Drew Brees is in the game it's a different story but look Nick Foles ain't in the game and it's about what you do have Teddy Bridgewater you know his six touchdowns this year to two interceptions hundred eight passer rating. He's playing decent football, but he's not going out making the plays to go win the Saints games. So Jacksonville can very easily take this game as much as the Saints can kind of shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, so, I mean, I'm going to go New Orleans. I think New Orleans is still the better team here. And um, Teddy Bridgewater definitely has come into more comfort uh, as a starter for now. Minshew is going to put up a fight. I think they're going to make it a competitive game. Jalen Ramsey might even play. Uh, but, yeah, I don't I don't want to sit here and, and – Act like you know New Orleans isn't one of the favorites in the NFC too. Yeah, um, I think the, one of the most interesting game I see is uh, Eagles and Vikings. Yeah, real quick before we get into that game, um, we're gonna see Kansas City beat the brakes off of Houston, and we're gonna show the difference of the Colts versus the Texans, and then you know how people are saying the Texans are favorites to win a division. Just just remember that Kansas City is gonna beat the brakes off of Houston. But go ahead, let's go Philly, Minnesota, in Minnesota. Bears are obviously stacked on defense. Right. The offense is super questionable. 
Um, we didn't know that the Packers defense was going to show up as it has. And even, you know, with Matt LaFleur, we didn't know how that was going to be. And then, you know, the Lions are well, the Lions. Are the Lions. Right. So, I mean, you looked at all the teams, you're like, Minnesota Vikings look primed and ready to, you know, take this division. And we're, it's just been off. I mean, we're talking Stephon Diggs wanting, you know, he's not happy. And Adam Thielen's voicing his, you know, Mm-hmm. It's looking bad in Minnesota. Yeah, Kirk, Cousins is, Kirk Cousins is apologizing to his receivers on podcasts. Patriots get another fumble touchdown. Kyle Van Noy. Jesus. If you're playing the Patriots uh, defense special teams in uh, fantasy this week, uh, I apologize. That's Bill. You know, that's Bill. You got you to gotta hold on to that ball, Hillman. Come on, buddy. You made a football move. You fumbled the ball. Fucking Kevin Zeitler, 6'5", 350 pounds. You can't bend over like that. Jamie Collins forced it out. Van Noy took it to the house. Back to this uh, Vikings. But look real quick to speak on this embarrassment that the that the Vikings are going through. You know, it's true frustration with Kirk Cousins, and you can truly tell that <sighs> Stephon Diggs has quit on his quarterback, right? And I don't blame him. I'm not saying it like, you know, he doesn't he's he's not being a part of the team. Like everybody has their their opinions and, and can feel a certain way. You know, he's unhappy, he's not getting the ball like he should, and Kirk Cousins can't get him the ball. That's the problem. Because Stephon Diggs is a really good receiver, but you gotta get him the ball. Now, when you can't hit him, you're missing guys, it's frustrating. We saw Thielen call out his quarterback publicly after a game. He was visibly frustrated. How do typical receivers that you know, are humble about things. And not to say that he's not humble, but, you know, how does it typically go? It's like, you know, honestly, the team, we couldn't do it. You know, our offense, this and that. Like, no, he clearly said, listen, you can't run the ball 40 times a game and get 180 yards every single game. You're going to have to throw the ball at some point. And to be able to, to, to be missing these balls, it's unacceptable. And you're literally talking to your quarterback as you say this. It's disgusting. And so you would think their offense should really be unstoppable because Dalvin Cook's finally having the season. He looks like the best running back in football. Yeah, Dalvin Cook's finally having the season that we knew a healthy Dalvin Cook would have. As he was doing his rookie year. And then, you know, they still have, obviously, like you said, Stephon Diggs, Adam Allworth-Helen, and the security guard, <laughs> Kyle Rudolph. They should really be putting up 30 points a game. But the problem with Kirk Cousins is everybody says he's – He's about his numbers. He takes he takes his stats. So while at the end of the year we can we can probably go back and look and say, oh yeah, Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins was seventy two percent completion rating, but you can also look at other numbers of how many. I think there was a stat that I heard that he I think he actually is like seventy two percent right now completion. Mm -hmm. but I think on third down. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, it's like really bad. Like they say, like 
he'll he'll you know he'll get the numbers and probably throw like a seven yard pass because he wants the completion. He's not gonna go and try to and go out of his way and get to that for that first down. He's not gonna really go and basically like how we say quarterbacks have to you know win you games. He's not gonna he's not that type of guy. Nope. He's a, he's a game manager. And you and and you and. Yeah, not not something you want in this league, especially with the talent you have on your team. You can't be a game manager with the best duo, if we're going to call the best duo, you know what I'm saying, with with the best running back in the league. You can't have that. You have a solid offensive line. You have a great defense. And you're going to manage games? Go win a god darn game. You got Philly this week. It's at home. Your crowd's going to be rocking. Tig's going to be frustrated. Dylan's going to be frustrated. You guys got to put this all behind you and try to come out with a win so you can go into, you know, November flowing. Uh, Green Bay is looking like the best NFC team right now, and they're not slowing down. Who does Green Bay's got a bye week this week? So. The Lions, oh, they got the Lions on Monday night. Excuse me. The Lions look good, but let's be real. If we're going to talk about Green Bay being the best team in the NFC, I don't care what the Lions look like. I do understand that they beat, uh, they almost beat Patrick Mahomes with the man defense, um, but I still would say if they're going to play that same defense, I'd rather take uh, Aaron Rodgers and being able to manipulate it, um, especially just the way that they're playing. The offensive line, the running backs, Devontae Adams, got. A, I hope he's playing. I'm not sure if he's playing this week. Um, I, I don't think the Lions are a chance. Right now, they're still that, that – that little brother in the division, and you know, four and one Green Bay on Monday yeah, night. I, I would also say, I mean, this is somewhat of a compliment because it's the Lions. They're, they're probably the team that you just don't want to play. Like, I hear you. I hear you. That's true. Yeah, like you they have a solid defense. Yeah, I mean, they're very solid. They finally have an identity. But if Green Bay is going into Week Six worried about losing to the Lions, then they aren't. I don't think they're worried. Who we think they are? But they're definitely not going to look past the Lions. Hear you. So, yeah, and, and then on the other side of the ball, going back to this Philadelphia game, you know, you just got to keep playing. Consistent football. You got you to be able to run the ball. You got Jordan Howard for a reason. You got to be able to hand it off to him, help Carson Wentz out. And then Carson Wentz, you got to keep doing what you're doing. This is what we expect of you. You're one of the top quarterbacks in the league. You're making the throws. Keep making the throws. Zach Ertz, I'm kind of expecting a better season from you. Can you, can you step it up? This is going to be a big game here for you because – you know, Deshaun Jackson's not going to be able to live off the deep ball this game. You're not going to expect to hit, you know, uh, Aguilar all game. Zach Ertz is going to have to come and be the game changer, and I think he is going to be the reason that the Philadelphia Eagles win or lose this game. If Carson Wentz and him can have that connection that they do over the years past, I don't see how Minnesota can stop them um, because I can see, you know, Keenum not being able to hit the throws. That's helping the D-backs on Philly, and, you know, Philly's run defense is, is stout. They, Excuse me, Cousins. Keenum, Cousins. Same guy. Same guy. Uh, I would argue Keenum had a magical season, and it's never going to happen again. Hey, some, some, I mean, we say it a lot. Some, some guys are. And this is the same team that whooped him in the NFC Championship. Some guys are systematic quarterbacks. Maybe Keenum fit that system. That's true. That's very true. And you know why? Because he's unselfish. He's a team first guy. Not to say Kirk Cousins isn't, but Keenum can make the throws. That Kirk Cousin can't, and I, that's my true opinion. I, I, I'm not on the Kirk Cousins it's, train. It's like Ben Simmons. It's like the, there's a difference between can doing it and not willing doing it. Kirk Cousins can't throw the ball, but he's too worried about his numbers to throw the ball. Yes, sir. Um, 
and yeah, he's got something in his head that that his confidence just hasn't clicked. And I think that's like when he was in in Washington, and you know that you oh, like that, oh, the whole you like that. If you got eighty four, and, 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 and that's what it speaks to. In football, you had a fully guaranteed contract. Doesn't happen. And feeling yourself, and then also doubting yourself when you aren't doing what you're supposed to do or paying to your pay grade, you know? Because it's not about the money he's making, you know? The players are not going to sit here and say, oh, why is he making this money? No, 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 no. Now that you're making this money, can we can we, can we we produce? Can we win? You know, the last time we, we went to the playoffs, you know, we got blown out in the NFC Championship. Uh, or last year, did they make the playoffs last year in Minnesota? I don't think so. The Bears and the Packers. No, the Packers. So it was just the Bears out of that division? The Rams. And the and the Eagles, right? Yeah, and the Eagles. Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah, because Nick Foles. Yeah, because Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, listen, Minnesota. I I just clean it up. Pat Zim, you know Pat Pat Zimmer, what's his name? Mike Zimmer. I'm tripping. Mike Pat Zimmer. That's what I'm thinking. About. Mike Zimmer. You know this is a big game. Whoever loses this game. I mean, I would be too. You help Brady the guy, dang. 14 points. And your defense, well, no, your offense gave up 14 points the other way. Special teams don't want to win this game. But Philadelphia, Minnesota, 3-3, the, the loser goes to 500. And This game, neither team can afford to lose this game. Especially trying to go deep into the playoffs with this NFC. This NFC is very deep. You know, you got Green Bay, you got the Rams, you got the Seahawks, you got the Niners. We're talking about three teams, as I've been saying, from this NFC West. It's still early. I understand. It's still early. But we got three teams in the NFC West that look like top NFC teams. Eagles, and you got the Vikings, and then you got teams like uh, New Orleans. You got teams like Dallas. Right, I'm just not gonna give them that that playoff implicated type of win. They're playing Tampa Bay, and they might lose next week, or they might lose this week and go three and three, just like the rest of them. So, it's just very competitive, you know what I mean. But looking at the NFC in a whole, you know, playoff chances: mm-hmm. Philly, Minnesota, San Francisco, L.A., Seattle, Dallas, uh, New Orleans. Right. If we see those three teams from that division in the NFC West go to the playoffs, I will not be surprised. I will not be surprised. And if we see a team like New Orleans have a bad fallout for the next two weeks, you know. It's possible, bro. It's possible. And, oh, the Bears. We got the Bears, too. But the Bears are dependent on Mitchell Trubisky. And it's so weird. It's so weird because when Mitchell Trubisky's in, it's a big difference as far as how they play. However, it's not a big difference as far as how much production they're getting. It's just like a, it's just like a mental thing. Like, all right, we don't got our guy, you know, Chase Daniels in. But they, they got to figure something out. And I don't know if they really blew it with the Mitch Trubisky. They had a chance to get Mahomes. They had a chance to get Deshaun Watson, I believe, right? Yeah. And they picked Mitch Trubisky. So... Literally. They traded from three to two to give us a good That's crazy. So let's let's jump into the NBA. We got we got we got a whole almost hour with this NFL talk and we're gonna get into more NFL. The NFL season's just heating up. Playoffs 
you know, pictures are going to start developing. The top five picks are going to stop develop, start developing. Um, we can start talking about, you know, MVP right now. Christian McCaffrey's looking like he might have that in the bag along with Russell Wilson right there. And then Patrick Mahomes is, is, is playing very good football. He's got 1,800 yards through six weeks, um, through five weeks, really. Um, so we'll talk about more football next week. Thank you guys for uh, listening to our opinions on that. But right now, Let's talk some heat basketball and then we'll get out of here because, you know, preseason basketball has began. Um, you know, I, I myself was at the first preseason game and it was it was a delight to see our first round draft pick, Tyler Hero, lights out shooter. Listen, the confidence on this kid. First of all, he doesn't even look like a basketball player. No. Right. And then he gets on the court. He just has that swag. He has the look of like, I don't care who's guarding me. I'm gonna make you have to respect my shot. He's and like then, once you respect this shot, I'm starting to dribble. I'm starting to hezo. I'm starting to step back, pump fake, float game, assist game. So what I saw from the Miami Heat, I'll take one game. It's a preseason game, but it's one game, um, and it's the first game back since. April or you know late March we haven't seen play a heat basketball in over a year we're dying for it the fans are dying to just see our team it's a new team as as, as much as the Hurricanes claim that they're the new Miami I believe that this is the new Miami um, and and listen Jimmy Butler is going to lead these guys to the playoffs Justin saying the fifth seed and I can agree I can say that if we truly, 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 truly turn it on and find that that click in the first year of this new Miami regime, four, three, four, three, and it's truly, truly possible. Now you 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 extend Eric Spolstra four more years. He's with Jimmy for the rest of his career. Because I, I would argue we're better than Boston. Oh, we I I think so too. Because our our competitive spirit's always going to be there, and it's always going to be a higher drive. Losing Kyrie is a big deal for Boston because Boston doesn't have that. The they have Kemba. Be Boston. I think I think start going to the ball more. I think they'll be better for it. Like without Kyrie being there, yeah, I hear you. It's just the. But they lost Al Horford. That's big. Yes. That's super big. Yes, and Kemba's really going to have to find it. You know, we're going to look at Kemba and say, "Hey, can you take a team?" And a playoff team, can you take a playoff team and, and really lead them and really be the guy on that team? I do, but I think Kemba Walker takes you to, to a certain point. I don't think he takes you there. I don't think he's the type of player that's going to – Yeah, and, and, and Tatum's really going to have to step up this year and play a really good season because what we saw from his rookie year – Right. But what we saw from Tatum his rookie year was greatness. Like, all right, this guy's going to be the best of the class of 2017. Like, Simmons, you messed up. Mitchell was a steal, but he's still better than Mitchell. You know, like, but last year he took a little fall off. Right. Last year he took a little step off. Due to the Kyrie situation, I'll give him some of that. You know, Kyrie being able to come back and play a, a season in Boston, it's tough. Um, now, I think he's going to have all the freedom in the world. I think Gordon Hayward's going to be able to come out here and and uh, and and show his confidence and and his skill again. You know he wasn't able to do that last year, but uh, yeah, I do think Miami has a chance to be as good as Boston this year. And um, you know guys like Myers Leonard, you know all he care about is the team. He wants to hustle, get the boards, get the points. Win the game. Bam out of bio, he's taking that step up. We've seen his athleticism on the defensive end. B 
being able to stop one through five, literally. His uh, bringing the ball up skill now, playing as that point bam, it's looking good. He had Justice cut back door. He sent it to him. I'm excited for Heat basketball this year, and, and I truly think Jimmy Butler is going to go to his all-star game. Yeah, all-star all -star game for Jimmy Butler. Um, you know, we're going to see first all-team first all-team – We'll see that. I'm sure he. I'm sure we will see that. We're gonna see first team defense. Justice Winslow. He's going for it. I don't think he gets. He might get a second team defense. But um, first team defense. Jimmy Butler's got to play first team defense basketball this year, and I think he truly can get that. Um, Bam Adebayo might get second team. And then we, you know, I want to see Bam maybe like most improved. No, they're saying Dion six man. They're saying Dion might find his way. Yes, what's you're saying? Not not literally, but they're saying we might find that role for him. Six man. Think about it. I mean, if he's this healthy and he's going to come off the bench, provide that spark, that scorer off the bench. You know, we have scorers on on the starting lineup, and we we don't need that scorer. Um, we have Jimmy right as a starter, and then everybody else is is playing that role. And you know, Miami Heat basketball, it's positionless, and it's it's kind of find the open guy, and whoever can get open backdoor cut, find the shot. They're going to shoot the ball and get the points. However, that second unit come on spark. You got to score. You know, Goran Dragic is going to be there too. Um, it, it has the potential to be a, a pretty pretty good season this year, and, and I'm excited for Heat basketball. We haven't seen it in over fucking six months. Um, man, Jimmy. Jimmy. We can finally say this. Like I remember talking about this in November last year. Like, oh, Jimmy. Uh, Tom Thibodeau hanging up on Pat Riley. Or Pat Riley hanging up on Tom Thibodeau after he asked for another first-round pick. And it was just, like, super disappointed. We were waiting. We were anxious. Every day we were like, the news is going to drop. The Jimmy news is going to drop. He hit on Jimmy. He hit on Tyler Hero. He hit on Bam Adebayo. And I swear he hit on Justice Winslow. Top, bro, Justice Winslow's, what, 22 now? He's in his fourth year. I think he's coming into his fourth year. Technically his third. He's already got his extension. Just as better. Especially, especially if you're a Sixers fan, keep that same energy because y'all were not talking about Jason, uh, Josh Richardson, being a top two way player. Facts. And, and talking about his three point shot. Shout out to Jay Rich. Yes, sir. Shout out to Jay Rich. I hope he's having a great year. I hope he's going to have a great year. He's going to first, second team defense. He's going to try to get the second team defense, and I truly believe that's the type of defense he plays. I would have loved to see him with Jimmy Butler on his team. But the cost was too much, obviously. Something's got to give. But that, bam, Justice, Jimmy, Jay Rich. We might as well just trade back for Jay Rich now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm excited to see Myers Leonard as well, though. You know, we, we you got rid of Hassan Whiteside, who obviously was just a mental issue in the locker room and, and on the floor at times. We'll go talk about Bam then. You know, Bam Adebayo is going to step up into this starting center role, and he's really going to stretch the floor in the sense that he's not going to be sitting there shooting the ball. But as athletic as he is, he can guard the one through five, as I said. He can post you up. He has a little mid-range. He can put the ball on the floor, and he can also go up and get it above the rim. So, yeah.
Yeah, especially learning how to roll on the pick and roll. How to space the floor. Yep. Running down the court where you should be positioning. You learned, I think you learned a lot about that. For sure. Yeah, man. So, Miami Heat basketball. It's it's October tenth right now. So we we got a whole time to go as the giant as the Patriots take a twenty one point lead and diminish Daniel Jones's first uh, first try at Foxborough as everybody does. You know, Patrick Mahomes couldn't do it. Andrew Luck couldn't do it. What makes you think Baker Mayfield or Daniel Jones could? I'm waiting for Lamar Jackson to get the chance because I think he could. Now listen, I'm not asking. <laughs> no, for sure. Patriots defense is too stout. As you see, they let up one touchdown. Listen, bro. Week 17 is going to be stressful. It's going to be a stressful time for Dolphins. Obviously, if if you go in there and win and mess up your chance to get that number one pick, I swear. Jesus, man. So that's that, man. Next week we're gonna catch up with. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna catch up. I'm gonna come on here and be like the five and 49ers beat the Rams, first place in the division, going to the playoffs. I'm still saying that I'm gonna hold it, and I'm holding that all year. So uh, until then, you know, I'll prove myself wrong. Also, we're gonna look for KC to beat the brakes off of Houston. You know, Deshaun Watson's been playing some good football as of late. It stops now. Patrick Mahomes is tired of the bull. He doesn't want to deal with it. Andy Reid is not having it. Uh, and then, as we said, we got the toilet bowl. Washington, Miami. Who really wants that also, number one pick? Also, stay tuned. Look out for your boy. The Florida Gators are coming. Mm. You're coming for Burrow. Mm. Joe Burrow, LSU, you know. Florida Gators are thinking that they can get to the playoffs, and I think it's possible. They went out. They have, you know, they have the record uh, to do it. They have, you know, the defense to be able to make it and, and really make an impact. However, uh, it's going to be tough when you got guys like, you know, Oklahoma. You know, you got guys like interesting, but I still think, you know, they should give them the work. Um, you got guys like Justin Fields at Ohio State. Phenomenal. So Alabama, Clemson, and then it's tough. It's either between – I don't want to put – I think Ohio State can, could stay at – I don't know. I might give Ohio State that three because Ohio State's been playing really good football. They haven't played the best teams, but they've whooped everybody they've played, and Justin Fields hasn't played bad not one five-minute period of a game. Um, and then, uh, you know, if they don't lose, you know, I got to go Georgia. Because they're obviously going to have to go through Florida. You know what I mean? They're going to have to. I don't think they played Auburn yet. I don't think Georgia played Auburn yet. But regardless, if they did, they already beat them. They beat Notre Dame. If they're going to have to beat Florida, that means. So if if they can go through the Auburn and, and the Florida, you know, they're obviously going to win out. Um, so, yeah, I would have to go Georgia. You know, it would be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia. That's who I see, you know, playing in the in the semifinal. Now, would I love to see Oklahoma come and sneak in that four spot? Georgia lose to Florida, maybe. I don't think Florida pops in that top four. Um, they, they, what are you guys seven right now? Yeah, we're at seven. You beat Georgia. That's a that's a. You beat LSU. And we still have to play Georgia. That's the thing. You guys got LSU and Georgia. So, and let's be real. I. I on strength of schedule, if we do win out, we're definitely top. For sure. For 
Definitely should be. You guys will win the SEC or well, win your division. Yeah, we would, we would play Bama in the SEC championship. So, and then lose get exposed. Mm-hmm. Backup quarterback. To be honest, <laughs> if uh, the only game I'm worried about is Georgia, I feel like Georgia is our toughest matchup. For sure. I mean, but luckily you guys have the defense you have. Luckily you have the defense you have because Joe Burrow can throw the ball. I just know that you guys do get pressure, and it is a it is a it is a good defense. Yeah, but I would love to see Alabama at the number one, and Oklahoma slide in the number four, and Jalen Hurts be able to go in with Lincoln Riley and try to upset Nick Saban and and his transfer. You know that would be some some interesting stuff. There's gonna be a lot of this is why we need the six game playoff, man. We need a six team playoff. I mean, um, and and just kind of expand it, man. Make it a little more fun, and you know. You go into New Year's weekend and there's one game here, one game here, and it's over. That's it. Like, come on. I mean, I mean it's better than where we were before. I mean, before, we one and two. That's For sure. For two. sure. BCS days. But um, now we got the playoff committee. It, it's growing. The game is growing, and they're going to figure out the best ways to, to handle these type of things. So we'll leave it at that. We're going to pick up next week. With a big, big uh, NFL week coming up. We got a big college football week ahead of us. LSU's playing Florida, as he mentioned. So we'll talk about that next week. And we'll also talk about uh, the AL and NLCS and how uh, these teams are going to do. I'm not going to go on my rant and talk about Dave Roberts and Clayton Kershaw's playoff nightmares and how Dave Roberts probably should, you know, be on the hot seat. Clayton Kershaw isn't the guy who we thought he was in Cooperstown. Um, It's sad. So I'll, I'll save that. I'll, I'll wait for you know, the, I'll wait for the championship series. The Dodgers ain't worth talking about. Acuna and the Braves let up ten runs in the first inning versus the Cardinals, so that's not worth talking about. But um, yeah, definitely want to check in with us next week. Thank you guys for listening this week. Follow us on Instagram at official. Right. Follow our official Instagram at ATS Pod Official and on Twitter at ATS Pod. Thank you guys for listening. Niggas call me blooders just like T out here. Let's get it. I'll be calling phone the phone, say I don't be out here. Catch him, knock his noodles back. Just don't tweak out here. Phone on sliding late night, honey. Ain't no sleep out here. Two days back to back, that's 50 racks to be out here. Can't have no Fifi on your block as long as Steve out here. Can't try to slide inside a fishbowl, you got beef out here. Low key wanna get you out the way, they say he a chief out here. Niggas hold, they tuck their tails cause they be scared. They be scared. And they hellcat on the E-way off the me. Say his name inside this song, my bro say I bet I see it. Niggas low key want that smoke, you do, you bet I see it. Get your ass back in that house, we got FNI9s. My credit so A1 with killers, I be paying my fines. I be on my dick in songs, but I don't pay no mind. All them hoes that be with the ops, gang, and broke they spine. All the crackers get robbed for they shit, they bad back. I keep my Glock and hush in there, that shit cost five racks. All these hoes be going for real, low key, just buy them X. He got shot up in this shit out here, he tryna flex. Never cared so much, ran out of wood, just passed the Dutch. Your homies die, you'll never slide, it ain't adding up. Get caught with a pipe, you out, same night you fed or what? New art pack in the air, this gas or what? He'll still be a laugh right now if you niggas ain't gas him up. Give my shorty stimmers and guns, I tell them slap for nothing. Everybody with this gang ain't shit, so they ain't dying for nothing. If she don't fuck on the first night, off the rip, I ain't buying her nothing. If I ain't got time for loving my kids, then I ain't got time for nothing. Then I slap home to my bitch, that mean no time for cutting. Why these niggas think they safe? Cause they locked in. 
Man, we thought this shit was over, send some shots You think you safe when you at out west, little nigga just bopped in I know some killers from out west, they keep them glocks in Knowing they kill her on the loose, it throw my vibe off You lightning candles on that main street, watch that sad block You ever stood up over I been knocked his dreads off? You know a nigga claim he haters, but he fanned out Back then I pull up to them clubs, them killers was sitting in steamers How the fuck he say he ain't tell with the course they throwing that nigga subpoenas? Fuck Lil Durk, he ain't on shit, his ass a singer Fuck Lil Durk, his ass a goofy, he not let Ron either Fuck Lil Durk, he talk to six, now laugh about this people Niggas always say they out here, we don't never see them But if we do, we pop out cars and we gon' know I them Low key, I know they hurt, they hurt so bad, they don't act G Jumped off the porch back then when X was stacks and smoking me Six nights at Aslan used to stay right there, right by the field Loco, he stay next door on Bishop, he was selling me 18 for exotic and Chirac sell it 36 I'm not trying to die young out here like I'm Rowdy Rich We get that low, low, then four them go sit outside your crib Yeah, yeah, yeah Sign to the streets three on the way, we going a 50k show, motherfucker